1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Asif, let's get to it this morning. You have our first guest. I do, and our first guest is a great friend of On The Market and returns for our first show of 2022 together, Tim Hudak, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association. Tim Welcome back. Hey, Asa, thanks for having me back uh, on the market. It's always a thrill and, and lots to catch up on today. Our, our first uh, show together of 2022, and we've got so much to talk about with uh, regards to Generation Squeeze. And, you know, we've heard so much about people not wanting to implement an equity tax, Tim, but now it's come up again. Tell us a little bit about what you're hearing. Well, I'm very worried that uh, there are people uh, in uh, government and in the civil service, and now we see a group of activists who want to impose a brand new equity tax uh, on your home. And so what, what does an equity tax mean? Well, it's a lot like your property tax. You get taxed on the value of your home. Every year your home goes up in value, you get more tax put on you, but this one would go to the federal uh, government. They basically, in this option they put out for debate from a group called Generation Squeeze, and I know we'll get to them in a second, they give two options. You would pay it to the federal government every year, or you would pay it upon the sale of the home. But Asif, I think I'll get your opinion, but look, homes are already overtaxed as it is. I mean, name another product that you buy or own where you pay a tax up front, you pay a land transfer tax. When you have the home, you pay property taxes each and every year, and now they want to throw another big tax on you when you sell the home or annually. Like that's nuts. They won't do a thing for affordability, and people pay enough taxes as it is when it comes to their residence. And, and just for our listeners that don't understand who Generation Squeeze is or what Generation Squeeze is, can you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, so two things on this: first, Generation Squeeze, and then how they got the money for the study that's calling for a brand new tax on the value of your home. So Generation Squeeze is a group out of British Columbia. And look, they started out with a good motive. They um, are there chiefly representing millennials. They call them Generation Squeeze because they are being squeezed out of the housing market. Governments have piled up a lot of debt. That's going to be in the back of the next generation. I'm from Generation X, and uh, I, I feel for millennials, right? When I was in my late 20s, early 30s, I was in the housing market, bought my first home in the early 30s. And that's awfully tough for millennials today, you know, who are playing by the rules. They got a job. They studied hard in school. They saved up a few bucks for a home, but they can't get in the housing market to save their lives. So it's good to have somebody speaking on their behalf. But where this goes off the rails is when they say, okay, the best thing to do now is not build more homes so millennials can get in the market. The best thing to do now is to punish homeowners, make homeownership less desirable. That's nuts, right? That's right off the rails. That's got to go back uh, in the trash heap as an idea. And what's sad about this asset, more on this in a second, but it was funded by money from the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation, and that's wrong. Well, and Tim, there's, uh, you know, they're trying to say that this is an equity tax and not a capital gains tax. How is that any different? 
Um, well, I guess technically a capital gains tax you would pay on the appreciated value of your home. So if you bought a home for 500000 and you sold it for a million, you'd pay tax on the 500000 That's a capital gains tax. This one they're proposing is called an equity tax. So you pay it every year, no matter what the value of your home is. If it goes up, you pay more. So it's not the difference in what you bought or sold. It's the value of the home. So if your home's a million dollars, you've got a nice middle-class home in the GTA, and that's where a lot of middle-class homes are these days. You'd pay tax. Next year, it goes up by 20% or something. You'd pay 20% more tax. It would be a killer. And the bottom line here is you cannot tax your way to affordability. It's wrong-headed. It'll cause more damage to the market. Now, Tim, would this equity tax be retroactive? I mean, there's a lot of people that have been in their homes for 10, 15, 20, 25 years, and they've built up a lot of equity. So are they going to be liable for all of the equity, or is it going to start uh, you know, from a period that they determine? Well, in all likelihood, it would start as soon as the legislation uh, is, uh, is passed. But we don't want to see this thing even get a foothold uh, in Parliament. And I know, as of among your, your client base, people who look to you for your expertise, uh, all of the listeners uh, on the market who are both in the real estate business or interested in real estate, I encourage them to contact their MP and, and tell them to you know, toss this idea into the trash heap uh, of history. Here's the threat. The government's been spending a lot of money to help us through COVID. Understandable, right? We had to keep businesses afloat who were told to shut down to stop the spread more money to healthcare. That makes sense. But when government spends, spends, spend assets, next they look to tax, tax, tax to make up for that spent money. And I do worry that in Ottawa, some are looking at bringing this kind of tax. They see the value in our homes as a big, juicy tax target. It would be an atom bomb on the savings of Ontario and Canada's middle class. It would be a betrayal of the promise that we could count on the value of our home to have some dignity in retirement or pass it on to the kids or the grandkids. It would be a massive betrayal. So to all those uh, uh, listening to On the Market today, I would recommend contact your MP and tell them, don't let this idea get past square one. And that's the thing, especially in the GTA, when most homes are over a million dollars, we're going to start to see people's retirement savings dwindle away through this type of tax. And and that's not right. But uh, you brought up an interesting point when homes are passed on. Is that going to apply here as well? Well, well who knows, right? I, I think that um, there are those in... Um, in the government, there are those in the civil service uh, who want to put a, a big tax on our homes, whether it's a home equity tax, a capital gains tax, uh, or or both. Um, I explained, I know your listeners would agree that that would be a, a, a massive betrayal of what's been promised to Canadians that we could count on the value of our homes in our retirement. Um, you make a good point here that this study uh, by Generation Squeeze, funded by the CMHC, says, well, it's just homes a million bucks and above. It's only, you know, mansions for millionaires. Well, the news is that that's a significant part of homes in the province of Ontario, particularly the GTA and the Ottawa markets. It's about 15%. And, and lastly, yes, if you know as well as I do, that eventually they're going to tax everyone's home. They're not going to stop at that level. Inflation will cause more homes to creep up above that level, but they'll go after everybody else. Once the government gets its claws on your savings like that, they're not going to let go. Exactly, and it just seems like it's... Uh that cash grab and putting money into into the government's coffers. But uh, how do they anticipate that this would help affordability? Where is this money earmarked for? Well, two things on this. First, 
you know, I've got a big concern that this study was funded by the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation, the CMHC. The CMHC has an important job to do. That's to keep track of housing markets, to encourage more supply, more choice in the marketplace, both for ownership and for rental, to put out statistics, to help support a um, healthy and vibrant mortgage market. Their job is not to use those dollars to fund activist studies that try to tear down the value of home ownership. That's the complete opposite of what they're doing. So part of my message to CMHC is get off of the activism and get back to your basic work. We've got a lot to do in creating more housing supply in the marketplace. Um, to the second point of your question, so here's, here's the thinking Generation Squeeze, and I think it's, it's, it's quite nutty, to be frank about it. It is against the values of the vast majority of Canadians. They've basically given up. You know, while uh, Asif, you on your show, uh, us of the Ontario Real Estate Association, we're working every day to help bring more affordable choices in the housing market. We want to create another generation of Canadian homeowners. We want to see the next generation have a better shot at owning a home than their parents did. That, that's what I experienced. We want to see that for the next generations too, right? More people getting the keys and a great place to call home. That's what we fight for every day. Generation Squeeze is thrown in the white towel. They said, you know what? Home ownership, eh, that's overvalued. We really shouldn't be telling people that it's good to own a home. We should actually make it harder to own a home. That's why they want to put a tax on home ownership. They want to deflate the value of owning a home and punish people uh, investing in homes of a certain value. They want to make it equivalent to rent as it is to own a home with no return in long-term investment. That's wrong. It is the, uh, against the values that have built our country and kept it strong. It has been a fundamental strength of our social fabric in Canada that people in our country could save up money and buy a home, give back to the neighborhoods and their communities, invest in their home, and then depend upon that on retirement to find a good place to live or pass on to the family. What they want to do? knock down the value of home ownership and have fewer homeowners. Wow, Tim, what's the next step? Where do we go from here? Like, is this going to be introduced at the House of Commons? Who's going to do that? And, and do you feel that this will become part of the federal government's next budget? Uh, so not yet. I don't think part of a, a government's budget yet. I think um, uh, they would wait for a majority government before doing so, but you've got to be on guard. What governments tend to do is they float these little trial balloons to see if there's support and they jump on them. Later on, so job number one is pop that balloon. I'll say it for a second time. All the listeners on the market who do not want to see a new whopping tax on the savings in their home should let their MPs know about that, whatever their political party. And secondly, ask if we've got a duty to put better ideas on the table. And I'm feeling good about that. And, and your listeners can go to OREA, O-R-E-A dot com, or our micro website actually is better, bringaffordabilityhome.com. And they can see our plan to help bring home ownership closer to reach for hardworking Canadian families. That starts with increasing a housing supply and choice in the marketplace. It involves intensifying in areas along subway lines, for example, knocking down a lot of the old, outdated red tape and bylaws that stand in the way to housing uh, innovation that will create more homes, particularly for first-time buyers. And in other communities, giving them you know, more freedom to build the kind of homes that people want if you're in a small town or a smaller city. We've got a huge number of ideas that are on the table. We just need government to take up those positive ideas, and we're confident then, then we can help build a new generation of homeowners. We've got 100,000 homes a year assets. We can help bring homeownership closer to reach. And, and with that, Tim, with going to ORIA to contact their MPs or, or get more information, is there a list on ORIA? 
that has, uh, you know, who to contact in terms of which area they're in, or would that be something that's going to be added soon? Yeah, so a couple things. So this home equity tax is a national issue, so we work with our sister association, Korea, C-R-E-A. They're our national association of uh, realtors to stop bad ideas and get the federal government doing good things. Real quick, on the federal government, what could they do instead of a new tax? Well, every year, federal governments tend to invest in infrastructure. They turn over to the provinces or cities, you know, building water, sewer, new roads or transit. How about this asset for a bright idea? Reward those municipalities that are opening their doors to new neighbors and new neighborhoods and building more homes people can afford. Put those municipalities on the top of the list to get that type of infrastructure funding. Secondly, at our website for ARIA, bringaffordabilityhome.com, there's a button there that says Take Action. If you press that, we can tell who your MPP is by your postal code, and you can construct your own letter to him or her to tell them to act in our plan to help your son or daughter or you yourself get the keys to that new place. And just just so our listeners know of the urgency of this, I mean, the, the proposed taxes are, are between 0.2% of the surtax rate uh, up to 1%. And this could be anything from $400 a year up to $16,000 a year, uh, depending on, on which program they decide to go with. And this is going to put just under or just over $5 billion uh, into the government's pockets. Uh, so, I mean, it, when you look at a house that's over $2 million, and we do have a lot of them in, in the GTA, you're looking at between fourteen dollars and $16,000 a year that's going to accrue and be payable when you sell. So, so just imagine that. Eh? So you're already paying your mortgage. You're already paying your property taxes every year, plus all your bills to keep the heat on uh, and the lights on. And the government's going to hand you uh, anywhere from four hundred to sixteen thousand dollars a year uh, bill on top of that for this brand new tax. And you know as well as I do, as this tax would only head up, right? That's just for starters. Governments often say, "Oh, it's only this much," and then you turn around a couple of years later, and it's more than doubled. Yeah, we need to stop this in its tracks. I think any energy spent on trying to tax our way to affordability uh, is energy wasted. But let's look at some of the positive ideas Aria has put on the table. And here's another one. You know, as we move to work from home, I'm sure you're experiencing this asset with a lot of your clients and, and your realtors. Um, there should be an ability for both commercial areas and government to shrink their footprint. And they don't need as much office space anymore. So how about if we look at that underutilized property that's already built, it's already serviced, and start converting that into homes that people can afford? We can get going on that right away. That's a much better use of government resources than trying to take more money out of your pocket from a whopping new tax. Great ideas, Tim. And now one more time, if if our listeners want to do more, what can they do and how can they do that? Well, they should uh, contact. Um, there's two ways of getting involved. Uh, look through us and use our resources. Take the ideas that you like and then press the MPPs to take action. The province, at the end of the day, will have the greatest uh, ability to get things done. Uh, to the credit, the Ford government has made uh, big steps. They listened to a first round of ideas from Aria, and that helped uh, build the largest number of homes uh, in our province, about 80,000 that we've seen in 20 years. We need to get to 100,000 homes per year, so they're not there yet, so let's keep going. But they can go to bringaffordabilityhome.com, check off the ideas they like, and tell their MPs to take action. And we do have a provincial election coming up on June the 2nd, not too far away. And no doubt about it, Asif, 
housing is going to be one of the top three issues in our province for good reason. People want to see their sons, their daughters get a great place to call their own. Tim Hudak, CEO of the Interior Real Estate Association. Tim, thank you so much again for joining us and uh, always making yourself available. I know you've got a busy day and uh, you've taken so much time to educate us and our listeners. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I hope you keep up the good work. Thanks for being back on, on the market. After the break, is Canada's housing market about to buckle? The state of the market with Asif Khan coming up. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. That was quite a discussion with Tim this morning. That certainly was. It's uh, such a hot topic right now, and it's going to get more attention as we get closer and closer to the election. Yeah, and I guess his advice is you know, pay attention to this issue, get a hold of your MP, MPPs, and let them know how you're feeling. Yeah, I mean, it is such, if this actually gets any steam and starts to move forward, it could be detrimental to a lot of people, and especially seniors that have saved up, and this is their nest egg for retirement, and all of a sudden, there's going to be a huge hit. And it's not going to be a five or $10,000 hit. This could be significant. And uh, it's something that we don't want to see. And we can do our part to make sure that it doesn't move forward. Now, Asif, according to a recent report from RBC, senior economist Robert Hogue suggested that Canada's housing market isn't about to buckle. What are your thoughts on the state of the market this early in 2022? I agree, Tina. The, The issue right now is we have very, very limited supply. And if you want to call it a critical level of supply, that's where we're at. If you look at York Region through January, we had almost a thousand sales. But inventory-wise, for the entire region, we had about just over 800 homes remaining for sale as active listings. And, And that is not healthy at all. And that's what's causing the appreciation. That's what's, uh, you know, buyers are jumping at properties, 15, 20, 30, 40 offers is not uncommon. There's a lot of competition out there. And buyers know that with no end on the horizon for uh, the supply crisis, they're going to have to pay a little bit more to get into the home of your dreams. And just to put it in perspective, the cheapest area in York region throughout the year so far is Georgina. And they're at a million fifteen for the average price. And that is unreal. I, I've never seen numbers like this from Georgina. And and for them to be over a million dollars and be the most affordable community in York region right now, it's pretty scary for buyers. It really is scary. So where do we go from here? We need more supply. We, we need to speed up the process. Uh, I, I know the municipal governments are trying to get more housing starts. But if you look at Canada as a whole, last year, Tina, we had 42,000 new home starts. And that is not even scratching the surface. We need about 80 to 100,000. And, and Tim mentioned it in his segment earlier, too. 
we need about a hundred thousand starts in Ontario, and and we had forty two thousand last year. So that is not enough. Uh, we, we need to lobby the governments. We need to reduce the red tape. We need new housing starts, and we need the builders to to be able to start building. But even that is going to take some time. So what do we do in the meantime? In the meantime, there's there's absolutely nothing that we can do. I mean, there's a lot of talk, all of the talk about what the governments are proposing is meant to strangle buyers. And it's very similar to what they did in 2017, 2018. They just made it really difficult for buyers to purchase. And that slowed the market down because the buyers weren't out there. So then the sellers didn't sell for a cheaper price. The sellers just said, well, I'll just hold on to my home and wait till things calm down. And that's what happened in 2019. And the market's been going gangbusters since then. But just because you strangle off the buyers or you choke off demand, it doesn't mean the prices are going to drop. The sellers have no catalyst to make them sell. They don't have to sell. They're selling and moving to another property. So if they don't feel that they're getting value for their home, they're not going to sell. It's not going to do anything for affordability. The Fed said the rate hike is coming likely in March. Will that help to slow things down? It will help uh, in terms of you're, again, going to choke off some of the first-time buyers. But a quarter-point rate hike is not going to be significant enough that it's going to deter people from buying. It's going to be another 40 to $100 to $200 or so uh, per month. And what it's going to come down to is if you don't spend that money right now, you're going to get priced out of the market because that $200 a month extra with that quarter point hike, if you have a huge mortgage, is going to be an investment right now. Whereas if you wait a year or two years, you'll be wishing that you had paid that $200 a month. Still feels like it's going to be a bumpy ride, though. It sure will be. It's uh, it's very scary. It's very stressful. You know, I'm talking to a lot of real estate agents that are, you know, when when you're up against 30 or 40 offers night after night, it gets frustrating. And not only for buyers, but also realtors, because this is their livelihood. This is their job. And, and they're not getting paid unless they're getting these deals done. And when you're up against that many offers and your clients have a limited budget or a pre-approval limit that they can't go over. And then the other thing that as a realtor, we're trying to weigh is, will this home appraise? You don't want to have your clients put in a position where the home doesn't appraise. And that's a huge factor right now, especially with the banks clamping down. So there's so much to consider. There's so much stress out there, not only for realtors, but buyers for for sure. And, And even sellers, because you could sell your house for the highest price. And two months later, the house doesn't close because it hasn't appraised. So there's, uh, you know, it, it's really rough out there in the market. In order to calm things down, we basically need more supply. We'll see what happens when we come back. Your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. 
Time now for our listener questions. We begin in Unionville today with an email from Jeff. He writes, I am considering the purchase of an investment property, a new build condo, which I plan to rent out when ready. Asif, what are your top tips for a new landlord? Great question, Jeff, and thanks for sending in uh, the email. The uh, thing that you want to look for in terms of uh, becoming a landlord for the first time, you want to select the right tenant. So take your time, make sure that you're qualifying them properly, you're checking credit, you're doing the background searches, job verification, income verification. You want to make sure that uh, it's the right fit for the space. I mean, if you have a a one-bedroom condo, you may not want a lot of traffic in there with three or four people living in there. And uh, there's so much uh, background work that needs to be done. And the real estate professional will take care of that for you. Uh, obviously, for a fee, it's about one month's rent uh, is what uh, they charge total. But great investment takes the onus off of you. A lot of landlords will say, you know, I want to save that one month's rent. And they'll go to different websites to advertise their listings, KGG, such like that but you don't know what you're getting. So if you're vetting the people properly and making sure you have the right tenant, it's going to make your experience as a landlord that much better. Any other tips that you want to offer Jeff at this time? I would say, uh, you know, you want to make sure that you're offering uh, the right rent. Uh, There's a lot of people that will undersell uh, their, their condos or their homes or for rent because they don't really know the market, but it's a, it's a pretty, decent rental market right now in terms uh, for landlords. And you want to make sure that you're vetting the people again. I can't stress vetting the people because there's a lot of professional tenants out there. They know how to circumvent the rules. They know how to get around certain things and they may, they may never pay you and you're going to be stuck with them uh, for a while. So you want to learn the landlord tenant rules and acts. Uh, we have paralegals that will help you understand how to become a landlord and at the same time what your rights and obligations are to the tenant and what the tenant's rights and obligations are to you. Good advice. Our next question comes from Liam in Markham. He wants to know how and where does he begin his search for a multifamily property, especially in this environment of low supply? That is another great question because you have to go, you can't just select one area to focus on. And and again, Using the services of a realtor, uh, they will scour private sales, exclusive listings, things that are going to be coming soon. Uh, so they have a network that they can rely on to find properties that may not be available on the internet as yet. So you want to make sure that you have that experience behind you to help you get your you know, your best foot forward in terms of a search. It's really tight out there right now. We have the lowest inventory levels that I've seen in my career. And it's very frustrating if you don't have the right people working for you. So again, find uh, find the best agent for you and have them start a search, not only an MLS search of what's on the market right now, but contacting their network trying to figure out what area you want to be in, contacting agents in that area that may have listings coming up soon. These are all ways that you can, uh, you know, get get uh, yourself ahead. You want to be the, the first on the bus and the, the first off the bus, and a realtor will be able to help you with that. As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? 
You know, they can always reach me on my cell at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.